This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 15th, episode 2809, brought to you today by Eagle Equine Products. Good morning, horse people. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday morning. It looks like everybody had fun over the weekend at Equine Affair. I saw a bunch of pictures of our hosts and listeners getting together. There are a bunch of hosts there. From the Horse yeah. Radio Network. That was kind of cool. It was so cool. It looked like so much fun. I, I definitely had FOMO. Like, I was jealous to not be there. And not spending lots of money, apparently. <laughs> <sighs> At least I saved money. See, there's a bright spot. There is a bright spot. Over the weekend, I decided to take the camper and go hide in a state forest here in above Ocala. And I really like it up there. And you can ride. They built. Did you know that they were going to build the Panama Canal through the state of Florida at one point? I was not aware of that. Yes. Sorry. So they, years and years and years ago, I think even before the Panama Canal, they started building a canal across the state of Florida. And the idea was it was supposed to go from the Atlantic to the Gulf. And it was the Panama Canal. Basically, it'd be the Florida Canal. And they got a lot of it done. So where I go ride my bike up there and go camping, it's along the canal. And it's a really beautiful bike ride. Well, I got there on Friday night, and uh, I unpacked my bike, and I thought, I can get a ride in before dark. So I started down this trail. I was the only one there. I mean, I was, I was alone. I started down this trail and get about 200 yards down, and I'm looking down, trying to avoid roots and stuff. And I look up, and there's this big black thing in the path about maybe 50 yards ahead of me. And I looked and went, well, that's too big for a dog. That's too big for a coyote. And he was staring at me, and I was staring at him, and I went, holy crap, that's a bear. What? Yep. <laughs> now, it was funny that I saw the bear there because I just passed the sign at the beginning of the trail that said, beware bears. And I thought, oh, I've never seen a bear in Florida before while riding bike. So I looked up, and there's the bear. He's staring at me, and I'm staring at him, and I'm going... Okay, um, so I stopped, and he's just looking at me, and he's a good 50 yards. I would have had a shot of getting away because um, I had the electric bike, and I just <laughs> kicked it on. Ramp that puppy up. <laughs> so, but he didn't want anything to do with me. He, After a couple of seconds of a stare down, he took off into the woods. But it was like, holy cow, I didn't expect to see a bear uh, my first thing on my first bike ride on Friday night. So there. Do you have one. some sort of like GPS unit on you or are you just like out in the woods? Well, this particular trail I've been down before, so I know where it goes. And it follows the canal, so you can't get yes, lost. Yes, but there's bears on it, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bear. And I do not carry bear spray. I don't. We don't own any bear spray, um, but they do say that that's the most effective thing for bears. But at most part, the bears don't want anything to do with you. 
So, well, Florida is, 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 you know, it's Australia light because my mom lives in Florida and she lives in a town called Palatka and they have 20 acres. That's where I was. Oh, no way. Well, that's where she lives. I was in the state forest. I was in Palatka over the weekend. Pop on by this uh, next for Thanksgiving. I'll be there. <laughs> is that where? Um, oh, that's not too far from us. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'll be. And uh, so, yeah, um, she has currently, uh, you know, twenty acres and chickens and peacocks and all the things. And things started disappearing. <sighs> like, where are where where'd the black chicken go and where'd the white chicken go? Yeah, they have a panther, a black panther. That is living down there. I and didn't I thought know they were that far up. I knew they were down toward the Everglades, but that's in northern Florida. Well, I I'm not I mean, I'm not gonna vouch for the validity of my mother's tall tales, but like <laughs> that's what she told me. They she said they've seen it. And I thought there's no Panthers in Florida. And then I realized there's a sports team called the yeah, Florida yeah, Panthers. Yeah, the like that's a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we got bear and panther in Palatka. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> By the way, it's Rodman. Uh, if you want to do a hike and get away from the family, um, the Rodman Forest is right below where she is, and it's it, that's where I was hiking along the canal there. So, well, it right. doesn't sound like I want to go hiking anywhere <laughs> around there between the Panthers and the Bears, Glenn. I'm good. There might be a point in Thanksgiving where you choose the bear over the family. <laughs> yes, that is very true. I know my friend Larissa asked me. She's like, "How? What are you doing for Thanksgiving?" And I was like, "Uh." She's like, oh, so it's going to be super fun, huh? I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk about wills and how, uh, life insurance and, you know, sitting down with my two brothers and my mom to, like, figure out life in the future. And you it's going to be so fun. just want to go take that hike without the bear spray. Here, kitty, 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 <laughs> kitty, kitty. Come and get me, please. At least put me in the hospital. <laughs> Well, coming up on today's show, we have Michael from Eagle Equine answering some winter colic questions. You know, I, it seems like five times a year we say it's colic season because it's always colic season with horses. It just seems like they don't take time off for that. <laughs> no. Uh, Jamie's going to answer a training question we got from one of our auditors. Uh, there was an auditor post that I want to talk about called. My horse husband says, which was very funny. And we have some question first world problems as well. So we got a lot going on today's show. Let's get to it. We have a couple of auditor birthdays today. Samiko K, Christine Waldron, Kayla Tabai, and Ellen Edinger. Happy birthday to all of you. Now, I have something to talk to you guys about. We didn't get any new auditors last week. Not one. So that broke a streak. We've been getting a new auditor every week for a very long time. So if you've been on the fence about becoming an auditor, go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down to the auditor banner on the right side of the page, and you too can join the fun. We want to get a new auditor for next week. Let's make it a pledge. Somebody's got to do it. So don't wait for the other person. You go sign up today. Oh my gosh. I have a pregnant mare, Glenn, and... You know, it's pink. It's Stanley's mom, and and she was the mom of Zara, and she's had like six foals, and she's she's twenty, and we were kind of on the fence about rebreeding her, and she's just like never gonna die. So we're like, let's give. She just stands around bored. So we decided to breed her again. Okay, she's five months pregnant. 
Oh my God. She looks like she's going to fall tomorrow. And I just feel how, how much, so. How pregnant is she? She's due in May, May. Glenn. Okay. May 31st, actually. She is due on Lucas's birthday, amazingly enough. However, the fact is, I feel so bad for her. Like, like, is there like belly lifts or something I can do for her to help her? Because she's just meanders does she around. Need an RV jack underneath she does. I feel so like I feel like I need Put to attach a it. sling to the ceiling and just hold her belly up for her. I just can't imagine. Should we give her a fifth leg under there? To God, her? give her a like one of those uh, kickstands that <laughs> she can lay in. Oh, I feel so bad for her. So my you did po- this just... to her. It wasn't her fault. I did. It's it's all totally my fault, but don't tell her that. And uh she would not appreciate it. But yeah, I feel so bad for him. So we're going to talk uh, in equestrian first world problems. We have some other listeners and auditors that are having similar issues and she's just grumpy. She just looks angry. She's hungry all the time. She's slurping up the water. She's very healthy. She just seems bloody miserable. So, uh, little daily when he goes out to my girl. Uh, also I did have a nice conversation with one of our auditors or listeners, Allie Henninger and Allie works at a, I, I don't want to say the name of it, but she works at a place that potentially could be receiving recipient mares and could be in need of recipient mares. So I may have just found thanks to the show, an avenue for some of our brood mares at horse and hound, some of our unsound mares to go potentially live at a place and be helpful. So, um, so what do they do there? What, what does that mean? So she, mean okay. non-breeder person. So she works at an equine reproduction center and they are desperately in need of mares that can do the recipient mares. Do you know what a recipient mare is, Glenn? They get the, uh, everything implanted. Yeah. So you've got, so when you have a mare that's like we, I looked at it for pink because I felt so bad and I was like, yeah, you're going to have that baby because this is expensive. So you have to have you your one fancy mare, right? So say we we, we were going to do a recipient for pink. You have to have at least two, potentially three other mares that you try to line up the cycle with them. So when your mare gets pregnant, they suck out that baby and they put it in the one mare that is the closest to that cycle. I'm giving you like a really dumbed down version, not because I'm smart. I'm just really dumb. And this is really all I understand <laughs> about it. So then you've got, so you've got to have like three mares for every one that gets pregnant because it takes, it's that hard to line up the, uh-huh. the other mares cycles. So it's, it's, it's a really big thing here in Oklahoma. There are two ginormous, uh, breeding centers and Allie is the manager of one. And so why she- do we do that and not leave the original one? Cause then the, the expensive horse can have more babies. Well, say the expensive horse is and and in, in, in in the world of Oklahoma, we would say this fancy mare is a top reigning horse. Okay. Okay. And, and if she's pregnant, she can't compete and win. So she can go out this weekend and win a $50,000 thing where they spin circles and slide and everything. Uh, and then, so, but her baby's growing in somebody else. So she can gotcha. continue to compete and continue to go like uh, show jumpers and eventers. You can't do it with thoroughbreds because they require live cover. It's a way to control the market, you know. Um, but that is how this this works. Uh, and I so, can imagine this ain't cheap. 
Uh, no, it's it was pretty expensive actually to have that done, and not not to mention the expense of me getting two other mares, two to three other mares, to stand around with me. Like, okay, ladies, y'all have fun. <laughs> so I, I imagine there must be some kind of rejection rate. The rejection rate must be. I don't know what, you know, not all of them catch, I would assume. You know what? Maybe we should have Allie on to talk more about it because you and I don't know anything. So we just (laughs) ask more questions and then we have answers. So I'm pretty, but I'm pretty excited about potentially having a relationship with Allie to help some of these thoroughbred mares that, you know, maybe don't have a sound. Yeah, they're younger. They may not be super sound. They might not have all the the right pieces in place to go out and be, you know, again, just because it has a uterus doesn't mean we have to use it. So we can use it for good as opposed to just like, you know what? She's not sound. Let's just braid her. Oh God, don't do that. No, don't do that. (laughs) So anyway, there you go. That's, that's what's kind of going on in my world right now. Sounds good. Well, we're going to get to our first guest here right after I talk a little bit about Arena Saddles. Get ready to turn heads with beautifully styled, meticulously designed Arena Saddles crafted from European leather without sacrificing comfort for you or your horse. The classic elegance and unbeatable quality of Arena Saddles will take your seat to the next level in the dressage ring or... They have all-purpose and pretty much any kind of saddle you'd want. They have a complete line. Arena saddles are known for their beauty, comfort, and practicality. You can't deny these stylish saddles have eye appeal, but you also might be wondering, what makes an arena saddle so comfortable? Features like ultra-soft seats and knee inserts, a perfectly balanced seat, customizable rider support, and extra protective cushioning to give your horse softness and freedom. That's what makes Arena Saddles the premier choice for any discerning rider. They're priced at just $15.99, and Arena has a saddle for you. They have a complete line. Go to arenasaddles.com to view the full range and to find a retailer near you. Arenasaddles.com. Well, we have Michael back with us. He is from Eagle Equine. And I saw a couple of weeks ago an email they sent out about winter colic. And Michael, I, we were joking earlier in the show. I said, yeah, no, now's that colic time of year when we have to worry about these things. But it seems like we say that every month. Like every month is colic time of year with horses. <laughs> yeah. With yeah. some ends. horses, it seems to be. <laughs> it never ends. But what are the challenges in winter when it comes to colic? The main main challenge is just horses don't drink as much water in the winter as they would in the summer. Um, it's a lot easier for them to know that they're supposed to drink when they're hot and sweaty. Um, when they're not, then some horses tend to not drink much at all. And so that's where the impaction colic can happen because you get the kind of the dry chunks of feed getting stuck in their, in their gut, which causes those problems. Okay. So what, is there ways to prevent that? I mean, obviously, you know, encouraging them to drink more, but how can we prevent it, especially in the winter? Everything's so much more difficult in the winter. Yeah. I mean, one obvious one is you want to keep, make sure the water's, warm and not freezing over. Um, so you can just put a little water heater in their, in their water and that, that can take care of that. So that's a simple fix. Um, another thing is, which maybe a lot of people don't know to do is, uh, add a loose salt to their feed. Um, because they may not hitting, may not be hitting the salt lick as much as they normally would. 
And what salt does is it just makes them want to drink water. And so just like a loose salt, just put a about an ounce just directly to their feet every day, and that will um, that will make them want to drink more water. So that's a that's an easy one to do. So that's a, a couple tablespoons is all you need um, for that in the winter. You know, it's funny because we think about salt and electrolytes in the summertime, right? Because that's that's when everybody thinks about electrolytes. But you know, I, you don't think about them needing into the winter, but they probably almost need that salt more in the winter to encourage drinking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it is easy when you're seeing the sweat and you can see the salt coming off. It's like, oh, okay, I know that needs to be replenished, so I got to do that. Now but yeah, in the winter, have, you definitely... You have a product. Isn't that what the mag- Magnolite is for? Uh-huh. Yeah, we have Magnolite. It's a loose salt and electrolyte. So it's really great because it's got the high-quality salt, which can trigger them to drink more water. It also has the other electrolytes like magnesium, potassium, calcium, phosphorus. So that, uh, that's a great one to, to add to their feed in the winter. Now, I know we do a lot of mashes in the winter too, especially when we lived up north when it was really cold. We would do mashes. Is that another good way to get water into them? Yes, absolutely. Because if the dry feed is, is a problem, then making the feed wet is a good solution. So that will help it you know, go through the digestive system easier and prevent that colic problem. We also have um, what, one thing that a lot of people like to have on hand in the winter if they see any colic episodes is our MagnaGuard paste. So that's that's a good one for colic for a couple of reasons. One, it has the salt and electrolytes in it, so it's got that benefit, but also it's just kind of a natural lubricant that keeps things moving through the system properly. So that's something to keep in mind. We do have a discount code uh, if they use HRN, they get 15% off that from our website, from eagleequineproducts.com. Just use code HRN, you get 15% of any product. And now, the so when, with the MagnaGuard paste, would you use that when you're first seeing the signs of colic? Is that when you'd use it? Or if you think mm-hmm. there might yep. even be? It's not going to hurt them yeah. if they're not, yep. right? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be good for their got either way so if you start to notice any signs of it then that's a good thing to give right away and it's easy to administer horses like it once they get a taste of it once they know it's not a dewormer they'll they'll eat it pretty good i know uh my wife has been using the magnaguard paste when she takes her horse away to do things whether it's a you know a show or endurance ride or whatever she's been uh using the magnaguard paste uh every time so it's just yeah yeah that's great that's what it's good for especially as those before trailering or before show, keeps uh, keep things feeling good. All right, cool. So we got the Magnolite, which is the salt and basically the loose salt and electrolyte uh, that you can add to their feed as a feed through. And then you have the MagnaGuard paste to keep on hand for those times when you're going trailering or if you see that for a sign of colic, that kind of thing. Yep, exactly. Yep, that'll keep uh, keep things good. Sounds good. And then you said the coupon code is HRN for 15% off. Yep, HRN for 15% off at eagleequineproducts.com. Very good. Thank you, Michael. Well, a reminder to everybody, on November 29th, we have the concert two weeks from today, believe it or not. Do you know Thanksgiving's next week? No, it's not. <laughs> so November 29th, we're having a concert, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you, 
have a chance to win thousands of dollars in prizes, including your choice of any Wintech saddle. And you, unlike Radiothon, where you had to submit something for that, you don't have to. You just have to show up live for the concert. You have to be there live. We're going to have a sign-up form during the concert where you can sign up. And we're just going to draw names in between Templeton Thompson songs. So she's going to be singing all night. We're going to have a good time uh, hanging out, just having a, par- a Christmas party. So November 29th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, join us for the Templeton Thompson holiday concert and your chance to win thousands of dollars of prizes okay you got a training question from one of our auditors or somebody correct i did cassidy sent me a message um you know i've been talking about this horse tank that i have in and tank came to me with the behaviors of and thank god the owner told me she's like well he's a kicker he's a bolter he rears (laughs) like he does all the things Well, upon further evaluation, we've determined that Tank needed some shoes. He had kind of convex hooves as opposed to concave, I think that's correct. So instead of like a cup, it was like a bowl. So he was walking on his soles and walking on his frogs and his feet hurt. Uh, So we got that situated. We got him a chiropractic adjustment, which when she adjusted his head, he was like, oh my God, lick and shoot. Like... And she said, uh, the vet was like, well, I guess the headaches probably, that probably helped that, you know, so we adjusted that and then also did some blood work and turns out he's got some EPM going on. It's Oklahoma, nothing super crazy. Is there one freaking horse in that state that doesn't have EPM? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Yeah. The ones I brought in, uh, so far, I'm not going to, so anyway, we did all this and, and, and get him healthy and happy. And then you go to ride him and he has behaviors that so, so tank is a very lazy horse. And so what he does, and this is what lazy horses do is the, the ones that you're like, I don't understand why he bolts. He's so lazy. Well, what happens Glenn, if a horse bolts and takes off, what does oh, the rider I know what do? happens? Uh, your pony goes on the other side of the road into traffic. That's no. Funny. What, what does the rider do when the horse bolts? Oh, uh, I don't know. I've only ever been in a cart when a horse bolts. You stop it. Well, you, when the horse bolts, you pull back and you're like, "Oh my god, stop!" Yes. And then the horse goes, "Ha ha, I won! Look at that!" And so they go. Every time I take off, I get to stop. And I mean, I, I know all this because of Thor, the the first Mustang that you I sure? had. That I, I think my pony was just trying to kill me. <clears throat> no, he's actually just trying to stop. Uh, so, so he, he, he bolts with it. And I remember taking Thor to Monty and saying, please help me. I don't know what to do. It goes from walk shot, canter to gallop. And he was like, okay, well he runs to the other end of the arena and runs into the fence and stops. And then he wins. And so he was like, whenever he goes into a faster gate than you want, put him to work on a, on a circle. So, Thor and I canter 10 meter circles, just canter, 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 keeping in mind that the footing at Monty Roberts is the safest and most amazing footing in the whole wide world. So do it on a safe spot. So he bolted and then, you know what? I'd be like, get awesome. You bolted, giddy up, you know? And, and if you're not comfortable, comfortable riding that, then you have to find somebody who is, but it's tough. So, so tank comes out and he doesn't stop. Okay. So he doesn't, what we've determined is he's 11 years old and he's just incredibly green. He's had riders on him before, but he'd never like has learned how to be ridden. 
So I said, let's take him back to the arena. And then, by the way, this is getting to, I'm, I'm at the, I'm simultaneously answering Cassidy's question. Okay. She's going to find the correlations because she's got a bolter and she's got a lazy one who doesn't want to work. So I, t I took tank into the arena and I had farm boys sitting on him. And I, and here's what tank does is he grabs, he flips his nose out and pulls the reins out of your hands. And then you spend, you know, 30 seconds trying to get your reins all back together and stuff while you're standing still. And, and then you get your reins back up and he flips his head out and takes the reins back from you. And I said, okay, farm boy, I want you to close your thumbs on the outside of those reins. And every time he rips them out of your hands, I want you to hold them. So he bumps the bit and I want you to give him a little kick bump, like a little bump. So every time he rips his reins, you're sending him forward and you're not letting him find it. And Tank's like, after about four or five tries, he's like, oh, well, that doesn't work. So then I'm like, okay, so now we need to get him to stop. And so to a great exercise to teach a horse to woe is you go from, say your, your arena has a fence on it and you go from one side to the next and you turn your, your say you're facing the fence, your nose is at the fence. You turn him around and you trot to the other side of the fence, trot or canter. And when you get up to the rail, take a deep breath, sit and say, whoa. And if the horse doesn't, whoa, it runs into the fence. And you do that three or four times and the horse is like, oh, so like, I don't have to run into the fence. All I have to do is, whoa, when they say, whoa, you know, and so horses learn by association. So you keep doing that exercise. Well, what Tank did was about after the fourth one, he's like, I know this one. And instead of trotting, he took off at a gallop up to the other fence. And of course, farm boy stopped him. And I was like, kick him. Kick him, kick him, kick him. And so he kicked him and ran him up to the fence, sat down and said, whoa. And, and the horse hit the fence. And he was like, well, that didn't work. Tried cantering again. And I was like, great. If he wants to go and gallop down to the other fence, great. He's still good. And I said, and I said, now keep in mind, farm boy, that this is a six foot tall fence. So if he jumps it, the good news is we're going to the Olympics. So it's going to either way, <laughs> it's fine. So we get him around, loop back to the fence and a couple times he's stopping and he's like, oh, okay. So the bolting all of a sudden resolved and the ripping the reins out of the hands resolved and then turning. Okay. So say you are on the rail and you're going, you know, straight and the gate is over to the side or something. Say, say they just want to turn right and you want him to go straight. Well, what do you do? You, if you start holding the, the outside rein, they're just going to like bend to the outside and run to, to the right. So what you do is we're going straight. You want to turn right? Awesome. I wanted to turn right too. And we're going to do it in a small circle. And we're going to do it fast. And so then I'll spin them around and circle to the right and then trot forward again. And then they're like, but I wanted to go to the right. We're like, great. That's awesome. Boom. Spin him in a circle to the right. Now, all of a sudden, Tank is going straight. He's stopping. He's not ripping the reins out of the hands. And he's not bolting because none of those things paid off. He found no value. That's the thing is to take the value out of the behavior. Again, remembering that we have done everything to make sure he is 100% comfortable. So he's just very smart and very lazy. So all of this should somehow relate to Cassidy because she's got a bolter and she said that it's a recent habit. And so he just bolts a part of the ride. And then, so she's like, you know what? I started working in circles and it's getting better. She says, the lazy one tries to bluff me until I give up working her. This has come from many years of me giving up due to being nervous. And uh, this year I feel more confident in the saddle. And when she spooks or pulls the reins out of my hands, I've been giving her more, more work. 
the spooking thing is interesting. So I never want to stifle my horse's curiosity. Every time at one corner of the arena, that's where we park the trailers and there might be something different over there. Every time I go by it, when I first start, I let them stop and look at that corner. Cool. Look at it. Great. And they're like, you can tell when your horse is looking at it and when your horse is not looking at it. So you walk up to, they're like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. And you stand there and I'll walk, I'll, I'll walk with it on the left side and on the right side and on the left side until they don't care anymore. And then we're done back to work. If they want to stand there and stare at it, great. Stare at it as long as it takes your eyes to figure out what you're looking at. And when they look away, they're done. So then we're going to get back to work. So I'd never want to stifle the horse's curiosity and give them an opportunity to, to see something because if they trust you, they're going to, if, if they, they know that you're not going to just like ignore them, then they're going to be better to trust you. Does that make sense, Glenn? So anyway, when you're out there and your horse starts spooking at one thing, if I, if you have no reason to spook, yes. <laughs> Good news. You spooked. Yay. We get to like canter small circles. Yay. But again, you can tell the difference between a legitimate spook and an, and a an you know, unfortunately sometimes plastic bags blow out from underneath this and we don't know it's coming and they could spook at it. A mouse or a bird or something could happen. You know, if it's legitimate, I'll give them an opportunity. I'll reassure them a little bit and say, okay, let's keep going. But if it's a chronic spooking behavior that they're trying to get out of something, you know, I'm going to investigate first, give them a minute, let them look at it. Once you don't care anymore, we're going to work because we don't care anymore. You know, scooters was always the rustling in the woods behind him. So if we were in the cart, now we don't use full blinkers on him. We only use the half blinker so he can see full blinkers Mm -hmm. didn't work for him at all. He was spooking at Uh everything. Um, so, but that rustling behind him and, uh, I guess he thought a bear was going to eat him. Do you remember what Monty told you to do for that? I remember it because it was so smart. Because <laughs> it's the leaves rustling, right? Yeah, he said to put leaves in his stall. And he said to bed his stall with leaves. leaves. Yeah, it's been less, uh, although, you know, he doesn't bolt so much anymore. He does spook. You know, he'll spook and, you know, like a, a riding horse spooks, same way, you know, just gets all yeah. alert and ears go up and body tenses. Um, <clears throat> so you think... So you think that it's, you know, you're going to be uh, gone. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you have that brief thought that I'm going to be gone. Um, but, it, you know, obviously turning in circles is not always a great idea when you're driving. That's di- yeah, that's totally different. I mean, yeah. with a horse that spooks in a cart, I would do anything I could to alleviate that. Like, to Well, David Saunders said point him toward a wall or something solid. Yeah, and well, and it, yeah, if they're bolting, definitely run into something solid. <laughs> he says uh, one of two things going to happen: they're going to stop, or they're going to stop. Well, uh, the thing is, they're that's what exactly what I was just detailing <laughs> with teaching the horse to whoa. Yeah. And I'm like, you trot them up to a six foot fence. Guess what? If they don't stop, you're going to the Olympics yeah. because they can jump six foot at a trot. Like <laughs> or, what a deal! Or you're going over the top. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you know, it is just to create like with a scooter. I would have him in you know, just in some long lines and do anything I could to create noise behind him to reassure him and, and let him know. And I'm sure you and Jennifer have done a lot and that's why it's probably he's getting definitely, better. he's definitely getting better. Although yeah. once your horse does that, and is it Cassidy? Those Once your horse does that, you always have in the back of your mind. 
Well, that's the thing is horses feed off of you. Horses, remember you guys, horses synchronize adrenaline. If there's 40 Mustangs in a field or deer or any, anything, it just your horses in a field. And one of them sees a coyote or a mountain lion or something like that. They all just up and run. They don't go, Hey, Glenn, there's a coyote over there. We should all run. They don't do that. One heart rate spikes through the herd. It goes, they all synchronize adrenaline and they all just run together. So you got to keep in mind, your horse is going to synchronize its adrenaline with you because you're in charge. You're the lead mare. You're the one who saw the coyote, you know, and all of a sudden your heart rate goes up. Cause you're like, Oh my God, he's going to spook. And the horse is like, Oh my God, he's his heart rate. Why is he telling me to spook? I better look around. So just it's, it's a really interesting thing to try to control your adrenaline and control your emotion by doing like, like <laughs> farm boy came up to me and he's like, I took Drax out on the trail by himself. And I go, how'd that go? And he was like, well, you know, we got all the way down the bottom and I think he saw a deer uh, came across it. Some animal made a, like a run in, in, into the woods. And he said, Drax just came unglued and was like jigging the whole way up. And he's like, you know what I started doing? Some cowboy told me this one time. I started singing to him. And I was like, you started singing to Drax? And he was like, yep. He goes, pretty sure I didn't die because of that. <laughs> <laughs> so the second, and I said, do you know why the singing works? And he was like, I don't know. And I said, well, because when you're nervous and you're tense, you take short breaths and you hold your breath and you're like, <laughs> but if you're singing, <sighs> it's a complete breath. It is a, our lung is full and we're releasing it and everything. And so you bring your own adrenaline down when you sing. I remember Monty told me every time Thor goes into that corner over there, I want you to start humming. And I was like, well, that's stupid. And then when I would hum, he didn't bolt. And I said, why does it work? And he goes, well, it's not him. It's you. <laughs> He's like, because you knew he was going to bolt in that corner and you'd get up to it and you'd hold your breath and get tense. And I was like, oh my God. I kind of think if I started singing, he would bolt. Um, because <laughs> because you're just that skilled. <laughs> anyway, just the Cassidy Hub, I have given you some ideas, and, and and I've had similar questions from other people as well. So I hope some of these helped you. But you got to like keep your own breath and figure out a way to make their decision not pay for itself. You know, there should be no take the value out of whatever they're deciding. I'm going to bolt because, and, and, and so I think I had a listener whose horse gets super nervous on the trail. Well, when you, you know, when you're heading to the trail, find that spot where they're like, I'm starting to get nervous and turn around and walk back and then turn around and walk back to that spot and go a little further that time and then turn around and walk back. You know, the trailhead doesn't have to be the the place where the magic, you know, the, the tension starts because you're on the trailhead. You're, you're probably going, oh my God, here we go. We're on the trailhead. This is going to be doing, you know, go 10 feet into the trail and turn around and walk out and then go 20 feet in and turn around and walk out. You know, just completely change the horse's pattern. And you know what? If you get into the trailer and something goes really bad, back out. Remember, backing up is the best, like, quote, punishment there is because it doesn't hurt. It's a natural behavior, but they hate doing it. So it's a great uh, behavior to get them to behave, I guess, if that makes sense. Anyway, I've talked for a long time. I'm tired of me. <laughs> <laughs> that is your job. It's okay. 
<laughs> so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about total saddle fit, and then I got to go over this husband thing because it was so funny, and then we'll do some first world problems. How about that? Have you guys checked out the new Western pad from Total Saddle Fit? The perfect 100% wool saddle pad is everything a Western saddle pad needs to be. Not only does it protect the spine from pressure and heat, but it will dial in your saddle fit too. The perfect saddle pad features fully free invented spine, complete wither freedom, optional shim system. It's available in three sizes, 28 barrel rounded, 30 and 32 square. You know what's funny? I was just telling Farm Boy, I, I currently have three Western horses in training and i'm like i don't i don't do that and then you show up and now i've got all these <laughs> western horses in training and look now i'm doing a dang western saddle pad commercial well <laughs> here's the deal free shipping and our use it and abuse it guarantee where you can ride in it for 30 days and still return it for a full refund if you don't like it visit totalsaddlefit.com i cannot believe i'm doing total saddle fit western commercials i have all these western horses in my barn Holy moly, it's fun. First of all, what other company allows you to actually use the product for 30 days and then return it? I mean, none. But that's how <laughs> I, that, that, they do that with their stirrups, too. You know, it's stirrup leathers because it's just the stuff is that good. You know, I mean, I, I read all this and I'm, I believe it because it's, it's total saddle fit. You know, that's a, it's a company that is awesome. Well, one of the auditors named Allison posted a while back in the auditor room, and I've been saving this. Uh, she said, uh, anyone want to play the my horse husband says game? And apparently a lot of people wanted to play the game because there were a lot of comments under that. Um, and of course, I, you know, I'm highly offended by most of these, to be honest, um, as a horse husband. <laughs> it's just I read these and I was like, yep. Check, check, check. <laughs> well, I read these check. and went, yep, I said that one. Yep, I've said that one. <laughs> yep, I've, said, <clears throat> I've said most of these. So we can look at this from both sides of the coin. Okay. All right, first one. My husband, who owns 13 Jeeps, tried to give me a hard time about buying another saddle. I ignored that negativity. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Ridiculous. 13 Jeeps? Oh, my God. That's a lot of Jeeps. That's at least 13 horses you need to get. I didn't even know what I'd do with 13 Jeeps. <laughs> my guess is two. None of them run except one. That's yeah. my guess. One of them actually runs. So whoever posted that, please let us know how many of the Jeeps actually run. I'm guessing one at the most. How about my horse husband is a rider and a horse lover as well, but still gives me crap. When discussing whether I should buy the weanling, he said we need to keep our number at 10 or less. He obviously didn't take count because she makes number 10. Ah, it's like it's free. <laughs> well, see, the more horses you guys have, the less we actually want to be involved and the less we count. So because once you get above seven, you know, it's just a lot. So you know what the problem is right now it's November and this has been like the most beautiful October and November of all time. And it makes me want to have more horses, but I realize very shortly it's going to be raining and freezing and ice and cold. And I'm going to be wishing I had less horses. So it depends on what time of the year it is, depending on how many horses you should want. But you get them in and out all the time. Does Chad keep track of how many you actually have? Can he? Every <laughs> once in a while he'll go, how many do we own? And I'm like, <laughs> That is rude. First of all, that's like asking a lady how much she weighs. Okay. Like don't ask that question. And especially don't ask that question if you don't want the answer, because then I have like, I'm like, I, I can, I don't really need another horse, but I can foster one. Like, sure. Just yeah, whatever. You can stay, you know, that's my problem. So, <laughs> 
uh, I had a really opinionated horse in training that didn't like being asked to do anything and argued when he was. Husband, who has only ever ridden once on a trail and the horse ran away with him, said, let me ride him. I'll get him to listen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is awesome. something I have never said ever in my life. That one, I've never done that one. Let me, I'll get him to listen. Yeah, <laughs> much. I'm too smart to say that one. Uh, my fave was probably one morning when my alarm went off. First thing he said to me that day, when do the horses know it's time to wake up? Mm. I'll tell I you mean, how. Scooter knows exactly. If we're five minutes late walking out the door, because his paddock is literally beside our bedroom window, uh, he will scream. What it, he knows exactly when seven o'clock feeding time is. Exactly. When I go down with the ranger, I my house is up one part of the property and the barn is down at another. And so the horses gather by the gates. And if I am not fast, if I drive down and I park slow and I go to let the chickens out or I do something, Zeus will start banging on the gate to the point where he has dented this metal gate in so many pieces. <laughs> Damn Hence it, the stuff my hu- horse husband says, which is why does he break everything? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. But this morning I went down and he was not banging on the gate because I hung a bucket for pink to eat her lunch. And he's like slamming the bucket <laughs> back and forth. I'm like, well, that's at least less destructive. Zeus than a does gate. have anger issues, doesn't he? Oh yeah. He needs the job. <laughs> Uh, the next one, quote, you should just ride him in the p- plain swaffle. The plain swaffle bit, like Laney Ashker told you. Yes, he pronounces it swaffle. Yes. Yes, honey, <laughs> you should stop talking about things you don't know. <laughs> when I asked my husband to put out a round bale, he said, do we have to feed them? Yes, yes, we do. We just had this this whole thing. So our oh, really? path, we have we have the same discussion because we have 15 acres and there's a lot of grass left over. But you know horses. There's short grass and there's tall grass and they don't want the tall grass. They're very particular it's about the kind of grass. They don't really want any grass. I mean, and they're like, like I would just want just want hay. And I was like, babe, before you leave, if you could put out a round bale. Why? Look at all that grass. Well, because they don't want that grass. I, I Why not? I, I don't I don't know why they don't want it, but they don't it want it. It must get really bitter this time of year. Right. That they wanted, and he's like, "But I don't understand. There's grass. Why are we going to put out a round bale if there's still grass? Because they're not eating that grass. They don't want that grass. They need some hay. They need food. But they have grass. <laughs> I'm like, I can't argue with you on that because you are right technically. But if you can explain that to the horses that are standing there pooping on that grass and not eating it, that would be great. If you could figure that out, you'd make us millions of dollars. Put out, and guess what? The bail went out that day. <laughs> <laughs> I may have had that conversation with Jennifer. Even Scooter, who doesn't get any grass because he's in a dry lot, and we occasionally put him out for grass. This time of year, we can put him out for an hour or two because it just is not that tasty. Even he goes, uh. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> okay, this is one that we've never done, and you probably do. I'm going to guess 90% chance you do it, and that's night check. The quote was, why do you have to give them hay late at night? I'll tell you why, sir. You have to, she has to, your wife has to go out and give them hay late at night. She's trying to get away from you. That's the only reason for night oh, check. Really? <laughs> that is the only reason for night check is she is getting away from you. Because we have never done night check. In the entire time we've been together, 30 some years, night check is not a thing. But yet I hear about this night check thing. And I just figure she wants to get out to the barn and get away from the family. Oh, gosh. If I have my horses in, I am doing a night check. Because you, you want to get you, away? 
No, not that I want to get away. Are you saying that your your wife doesn't ever want to get away from you? That's it. I think that's the reason. That's correct. (laughs) No, because we know that if we don't give them hay and they've been standing there forever and they're going to either, number one, get figure out a way to hurt themselves in the stall. There's probably one cast. There's probably one who doesn't have any water. And they're going to colic because they haven't had. And so the reason we do night check is so we sleep better. It doesn't matter with the horses. If I can look at them all and go, and Chad's like, I need to put cameras in the barn. I'm like, yes, because then that would save me from going down there at 10 o'clock at night going, oh my God, they're all in the barn. Yeah, What's never, going on? Like, they're cast. There's no water. They broke Jennifer's something. Jennifer's theory is complete opposite that. She's like, after I close that door at night, we're not going to wake them up. Oh, well, I'm opposite. <laughs> Just it's, But it's all for me. <laughs> it's for my anxiety. Oh, this next one I can relate to because we had cows too. And when we lived in Pennsylvania, we had cows. And this quote is, we had cows. The cows did break things. He blamed the horses. We haven't had cows for about 10 years. And now whenever the horses break something, he says, see, I told you the cows didn't break things. (laughs) All the things break things. (laughs) And I would say, venture to say cows break more things. Oh, cows are the worst. Cows were always (laughs) out. Oh my God, I hated those cows. Ugh. Last weekend, I went to the local tack and feed store, not even 10 minutes from our house. I tell the husband I just need to pick up a few things, and he says, so you'll be back in a half an hour? Ha! <laughs> yeah, we all know better. You've been married for 10 minutes. You realize that going to the feed store or the tack shop means three hours later. Can I tell you something super irritating yeah. is we have this new feed store that opened up and it's close to Lucas's school. So I'll drop Lucas off at school and then I'll go to the feed store. And the second I walk in, you know, they've got like all their horse stuff over on one side. They've got like farm equipment and they've got feed and they've got chicken feed. They've got all the things. And I walk in, they're like, how can I help you? What can I get you? You can leave me alone because what I would actually like to do is meander around in here. And I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but I literally will tell you what I need at the end. But right now I just need to walk around and look at stuff and touch stuff and buy stuff that I don't need. Because if I come in here and I tell you what I need, I'm in and out in 10 minutes. And that is not my goal. My goal (laughs) is to spend time wandering around looking at, I don't need an, a purple halter, but I might buy it. And you might make more money if you leave me alone. <laughs> Is what, that bad? What, yeah, well, it, it seems too. the one that drives me nuts when you're at stores is when the checkout person, and somebody's teaching this. There must have been a consultant that decided <laughs> this was a good idea. The bankers did it too. Now, I don't ever go in the bank anymore. So that. By the way, I feel like a jerk for saying that because nobody helps me at the other feed store. But this one, it's like too much. <laughs> well, there is it's a line. Much. And it's when they say at checkout, you know, I get the how you do it. Okay, I'm fine. And that's all I get. Because I really don't want to talk. I just am doing the checkout. Um, I've t- done enough. T- I talked. To, I had to talk to Jamie all morning. I really don't want to talk anymore. Yeah, we're done. So we're good. But then they say, any plans for the rest of the day? It's like, why would I tell you that? <laughs> just your check. I you think- know what my plans include is <laughs> taking this 700 pounds of feed that I just bought, going home and unloading it. And if you would like to come and participate in that, I will pay you $3 an hour. <laughs> That's what I say. I say, yeah, I got to unload all this feed. You want to come help? 
And I'll I give know you three dollars. Taught to that because it, <laughs> some study showed that it was being nice, and you were trying to relate to the person and everything. You're such jerks. Here I, we are, like I know we sound like a couple nice of grumpy people. old guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me. Stop being nice to me. And then if they don't talk to me, I'm like, why is that guy such a jerk? Like I cannot be pleased. I cannot be pleased. I understand you know, how hard it is to be married to me. You should try being me. It's you know what this sounds hard. like. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Sounds like a first world problem is what it sounds like. It sure does. And uh, we have plenty of equestrian first world problems from our listeners. And remember, if you want to become a, if you want to submit your first world problems, you have to be an auditor because I post in the auditor Facebook page. Hey, what are your problems? How do they become an auditor if they want to? Just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right-hand side of the page, click on the auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the party. Fantastic. All right, well, we're going to start out with Lindsay. She said, I had a fabulous jumping lesson today, but the jumps magically look so much smaller in all the videos. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how that works. It's so true. I'm like, oh my God, that was like a huge jump. And then I watched the video, I'm like, oh God. Because I, I say that, the size of the jump, like I would jump four foot three nine with Jet, no problem. And I wouldn't think, tw- I would think, wow, that's really big, but like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, my next horse, Edward, uh, racehorse, I'm like, it was a cross rail and I was like scared to death. So it's it just directly correlated. The size of the jump is directly correlated to how confident you are in your horse. You know what the correlation to that is to driving? It's how fast you're going at the trot. Uh-huh. So I'll pick up the trot and be going, wow, we're flying. And then Jennifer goes and does an eye going, well, it's really slow. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. If you're watching from the outside, it definitely looks slower than when you're sitting in the car. Meta says, I found a nice pair of fleece line jeans to wear now that it's getting cold, but I wore them already and I got them dirty. And it was really cold this morning and I couldn't wear them because they were in the washer. <laughs> <laughs> Never wash anything. That's oh, the moral of the story. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, Tiana said, I just spent the weekend at the equine affair and met so many amazing people, including auditors. And now I have to go back to real life and work. And uh, at least I get to ride Tuesday. We're going to fire Tiana as our coordinator because she promised us a voicemail when they had their auditor meetup. They were all going to call in and leave us a message, and they did not. Ooh, snap, you're in trouble. Uh, Laura says, Smart Pack is having 12 day of sales, but everything I've wanted to buy so far has been unavailable. <laughs> You got to get in there quicker. That's a way to do it. You have a store that's uh, that's having all these sales, but nothing's available, so you can't buy nothing's any available. of it. <laughs> Carrie said, "I went to Equine Affair, but my horse really didn't need anything, so I only got a saddle pad, a new halter, some conditioner, and some things for my dog. But there's so many other cool things there." <laughs> Paige said, "I had to wear a store-bought coat to." T- oh God, okay. It's, I, this, this is going to taste funny coming out of my mouth. I had to wear a store-bought coat to two of my opening hunts because my bespoke frock coat hasn't arrived from England yet. <laughs> what is a bespoke? <laughs> it, that, that just bespoke that like means expensive. That's the only yeah, thing I know go. about is bespoke. If you look it up in the dictionary, it says costs way more than it should. My bespoke coat. Oh my god! That Who was, was that again? Who's what's first name? Uh, Paige. Page. Okay. All right, so Elizabeth hey, Paige, says... we I better got... see a picture of you in your bespoke coat when you get I it. I mean, when it comes in, I want an unboxing video. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there I you go. It. Perfect. Do that in the auditor room. We want to see that. Elizabeth says, I got professional photos of my horse and I, and they're all so good. I can't choose just one. 
I know. We'll do a revolving profile pick. You know, it, it changes every week. Amy says my mare ripped both of her rugs, so I had to spend money on new rugs for her instead of pretty things for my new gelding. It's like she knew. She's so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Chantel says, my horse is in their brand new Rambos 10 seconds before rolling in the mud. And there are these beautiful new blankets and they're standing over red dirt. And she said, the equivalent of our mortgage and shiny black perfection gone in red clay. (laughs) (laughs) Arsena said, I let my neighbor's kid ride my horse and she does better with one of my geldings than I do. <laughs> Jessica said, I just moved to California for a riding job and it was raining like crazy two weeks ago. So I spent a bunch of money on warm breeches and a fancy riding raincoat. And now it's hot and it hasn't rained at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's our traveling gypsy, Jessica. She's now in uh, California. California. Yeah. Holly said, I just, this is so great. I just bought my very own brand new three horse slant aluminum bumper pull trailer in charcoal gray. And my BFF has the same, my BFS has the same trailer in slate. I kind of like slate more. (laughs) 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 Brenda said, it's still hard to get a trailer. The trailer dealers around here, we have a bunch of them. The trailer dealers around here, their lots are still practically empty. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, there's You'd be a lot happy of camp- with your slate or gray or whatever it was. You'd be happy with that. Brenda said, I got my horse a new bridle, but I also got my COVID booster yesterday. So I was too tired to ride this weekend and we had to hang out and just do hand grazing without sparkly bridles. <laughs> um, Anna said, I'm being given an amazing lesson horse, but he'll throw off my black and bay color scheme because he's a red roan. All her horses are blacks and bays. I don't know how these children tell any of them apart. Go get that horse. Uh, Laura says it keeps raining, so the trails right by my house are too muddy to ride on. And now I have to ride in my indoor arena, and I don't like riding in my indoor arena. I am going to punch you in the mouth, Laura. (laughs) I would kill. Okay. Kim said, (laughs) this is great, since I was going to be late, I texted my son to please hang the ready-to-go feed bag for my horse. It's a slow feed bag for my enthusiastic eater. It should last a few hours. An hour later, I come home to an empty feed bag hanging upside down, untied. My son's response, Guinness couldn't get the hay out very well, so I helped him. (laughs) That's the whole point. Not supposed to get it out. It's so sweet, though. <laughs> he couldn't get on the food, so I dumped it out and helped okay. him. I may at times when I see Scooter struggling with the slow fee hay net and I'm feeling bad for him, I may sneak over and take it out, but I don't tell Jennifer. So mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. with him on that. Yeah, I would mm. never do that. Um <laughs> Jennifer, this is where Jennifer and I are in the same boat right now. She says, my very pregnant mare is becoming a hormonal crabby bee. I just got her some Redmond Econ Gwine Gold so I can put another check mark next to another horsey product I bought from an HRN show. Fingers crossed this one works. <laughs> See, these mares are getting to the point where they're like, Ugh. just like humans, they're just pregnant and angry. Stephanie says, my horse is in training and she's going so well that I can't sit or trot anymore. It's going too fancy. Speaking of horses and training, Helena from the stall and stable episode has adopted a horse for me. And oh my God, this is the nicest mare. Oh, she's so nice. And I cantered her yesterday for the first time. It's like, 
pick up a canter, please. She's like, okay, let me get on the correct lead first and let me canter really balanced around a circle because I'm a professional. Helena needs this. She's had her frustrations with horses over the last few years. Oh my gosh, this is a little angel, a little angel baby. I'm so excited. Well, those are your first world problems. Um, I'll, I'll just... Thank you for sharing. I They make my day. Is it bad that people's other problems make my day? <laughs> well, it makes us feel better about ourselves. About complaining about yeah. how nice people are and helpful they are in the feed store. And I'm like, don't help me. Leave me alone. I just want to walk around and think about nothing. Well, I, I'm over here shopping for bespoke bespoke coats in England. Is that a thing? Bespoke the coats and well, I did look up bespoke because I wanted to see if it actually did say expensive in the same sentence. It does not. The dictionary says made for a particular customer or user, making or selling bespoke goods, especially clothing, and it's. Then uh, it also says dealing in or producing custom-made articles a bes- by a bespoke tailor. All of that says expensive. That's what that Hunt says. coat is bespoke, made from the finest 32-ounce cavalry twill wool woven and finished expensive. Our, the <laughs> next one, our bespoke hunt coats are among the best around. We make each item in-house at our workshop in Carmanthenshire expensive. The next one, hunting bespoke <laughs> producers traditionally shape to made to measure hunt coats individually tailored to your requirements. Expensive. <laughs> That's awesome. And, I'm, and everybody's now one. jealous that she can have a bespoke coat. <laughs> it, it probably is going to look really good, though. 995 pounds for the men's one. That seems cheap. Do you know what these dressage people pay for their coats? Oh, I really want this red bespoke coat just to wear around. What the, are the ones with the long tails called? The... The uh, tails, shad bellies, shad bellies. They'll run thousands. Reese wow. once told me what she paid for hers, and I'm not allowed to repeat it. But let me just say, <laughs> it was bespoke. Right it was bespoke. It, it was double bespoke. <laughs> <laughs> they spent a lot of money for those coats. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We'll hang around and have a little bit of post show. I have no idea what about. Oh, you know oh, what I we're going to talk about? What we'll talk about the giraffe you met. Oh, yes. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, see, you're not an auditor. You don't get to hear about the giraffe. That's coming up in the post show. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. We are dark tomorrow. The CHA episode will be on the fifth Tuesday of the month. It's normally tomorrow, but we had to move it because they just got done with their annual conference. Uh, But then we'll be back here on Wednesday. Jamie and I will be here. So we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Spay, neuter, gelt.